Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie B. Today we're talking about... Racing. The art of going fast and getting there first. Right, but you had to prove it because people had to watch. Racing is a big spectator sport. People love to see people try to go faster. You know, I feel like racing was maybe the first twitch because... <laughs> yeah. Originally, when it started out, it's like, let's race, and then everybody's running, and then really the running is the thing. Right. The first speed run was speed running. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it. (laughs) That's the real speed run. (laughs) Back in the days when a marathon was not a bunch of TV shows you watched. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, there wasn't such thing as TV back then. If they had TV back then, I'm sure they would call that a marathon too. Ancient Greece. Yeah. They would have like orgies of television watching. They would. They absolutely, the ancient Greeks would have loved it. Yeah. They were, they were very hedonistic, I feel like. Now they had races. Yeah. They would call them the Olympics. And I, I feel like they did them nude. Yeah. I was, that's what I was thinking about too. When I realized we were talking about racing is I saw in the notes compiled by the Garbage Brain University Research Society. <laughs> that they said Greece was a place where people race. And it's like, that was the naked ones, right? The thing is, is when you think about all the Greeks going around, you're like, hog out, hog out, hog time, right? Right, right. But <laughs> one of the things that the ancient Greeks believed is that it was rude for you to have a huge dong. Yeah, right. And so everybody who was running around with their dick out had small ones. They just, they felt it was way more polite. Right, right. Which I guess you would understand. Yeah. Because really just visually, I think to a lot of people, it it's looks- It's not as vulgar. It's yeah. just like a little, just a little guy. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you had a monster hog, you'd be predisposed then to not want to be a jogger for for a job. Yeah, you would. You would get into wine making or fighting the something, lions. Something, something where like you had that. to wear an apron instead. Of yeah, doing anything. like when they did. Well, the gladiators was Romans anyway. <laughs> I'm sure the Greeks had them too. They called them something different though, maybe. <laughs> Don't quote me on it. (laughs) So, Natalie, what is race? In sports, racing is a competition of speed in which competitors try to complete a given task in the shortest amount of time. So it could be anything. So it could be any task. Yeah. So you could, so cup stacking is a race. If you're going for speed, man, but if you're going for like it being intricate and beautiful and architectural. Well, the the cup stacking, it's usually little kids and they have like uh, plastic cups and then they like twist them and kind of shake them in such a way that they build and then deconstruct giant pyramids with them. Yeah, right. So that is a that is a form of race. I mean, in my head, the traditional form of race is you you mark out where you're going to start and where you're going to stop and you just say go and then you right. just start running. Have you ever, have you ever won a race before? Oh gosh, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Uh, I had uh, I had asthma when I was a kid. I I had allergies as I still do, and uh, I can never breathe very well. 
And so I would never be able to run. I would just go totally out of breath. I'd start seeing stars, right? Like my lungs were all fucked up. And I remember uh, it was like ninth or 10th grade. We had uh, we had something, they made us do the presidential fitness test. And they were like, if you fail this, you will fail gym, which is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. And of course it wouldn't fly now. Right. But I, I remember I had to run a 10 minute mile and I came in like just, just a hair under like, 956 or something like that and I got to the end I just almost fell over and I was the absolute last one I would just just I I was the last one to finish I should say I'm pretty sure there were some people that just didn't do it right but I was never I was never a racist (laughs) you were never a professional racist no, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I got rollerblades. I liked rollerblading around. I used to ride my bike everywhere. I I wasn't uh, I wasn't totally out of the loop as far as as far as locomotion, but I just wasn't fast. Right. I was never fast. I've won stuff before, but it never had to do with me being quick. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm what biologists would call a persistence hunter. <laughs> Yeah, probably, yeah. I'm great at just waiting for it. Yeah, I'm really good at that, too. (laughs) I go, well, (laughs) wait and see. Let's find out. I'm really good at doing something little teeny forever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm very, I'm very persistent. If I've decided that I'm going to do something every day, I'll do it every day. The thing that I found out when I had a cactus is I'm really bad at doing something exactly once a month yeah that's i'm really bad at that also i'm really good at like something that is extremely repetitive like making a sock like something where it's just like something that's made up of extremely small tasks that you can complete every time you complete a stitch or at least a row that that's like its own task right but what i like to do when i'm doing that is i do race myself a little bit yeah and i try to go faster and go faster and go faster and go faster do you time yourself? Sometimes, sometimes I will, yeah. Okay, but that's good too. That's healthy. That just that's... makes it more, it's more like, well, makes it a little bit more fun, right? Because sometimes, like, if you make a pair of socks, when I was doing sock knitting, I was using little teeny tiny needles, like zeros and stuff, and so it would take a long time to make a pair of socks. It would take a few weeks. Well, the needles you used were, uh, gosh, let me try to think of a, a point of comparison. They were smaller than chopsticks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they were, were like... Um, the size of the tines on a fork, maybe. Smaller than that. But longer. Yeah. Yes. Longer. Yeah. There were zeros. Anybody who knits and listens to the pie cuts knows what size is zero. Like a coat hanger, maybe? Or coat two. hanger wire? Uh, that was, no, that's probably like a two or a three. Jeez. <clears throat> I would use zeros and double zeros. Those are like... You could probably stab yourself with it if you tried. That's good. Well, you like a, a little bit of danger. Yeah, I do. I like a little in, danger. I like a little bit of repetitive stress injury. In your hot... Well, I like a little... I mean, when I do physical stuff, I like danger. I like lifting heavy stuff. I like going out and just walking somewhere really far away. And it's like, oh, I got to walk home. I like really dangerous tools and stuff that cut. And I like stuff that's like chemicals. That you have to be really careful around. That's the kind of stuff that I'm like, yeah, baby, let's do it. <laughs> I just, I try to stay away from that stuff because I'm like not, I'm not coordinated. Maybe that goes into me like being slow. I'm nimble. I'm slow runner. Yeah. I run about four miles an hour. I'm not, if I'm going to jog, I jog at like walking speed. It's not, 
It's not a fast thing. Well, I did. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but they set up a speed limit sign in our neighborhood. The pigs did. And it's a little mobile box, you know, and it has a, uh, some kind of detector on it that tells you how fast you're going. I kind of. I was out walking one day and I kind of jogged towards it and it was like four. <laughs> did you get up to 11? Well, well, the, well it, here's the thing exactly is that I was like, oh shit, it measures me. But the dumb thing is, is that they put it in the middle of our neighborhood and nobody drives through our neighborhood. There's just nothing here. Unless you live here. Yeah, yeah unless you live here. And like during the middle of the day, everybody's at work. So like I put my water bottle and my wallet and my keys and my phone I put it on the pig box, like the that controls the pig meter, and like backed up maybe about 150, 200 feet. You know, took a few runs at it, and then I just dug in. I just went all balls out, just fucking as fast as I could go to the point where you know you're moving so fast, you kind of feel like your legs almost can't keep up. Mm -hmm. And it said 13. No. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? Like that is. That is insane. That is superhuman. Like, I've been riding my bike. You know, I walk everywhere. I really got some fucking thigh action happening in my life here. <laughs> right. I am surprisingly fast for a man with short legs. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. I texted, I texted like four people. I'm like, I've just ran 13 miles an hour. And they're like, how do you know? <laughs> We know the speed limit thing. I ran toward it. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, I get home and I was like, whew, whew. well, first I was tired. Right. And then you're like, I need to check and make sure I didn't just beat the world record. Yes. And I, and I Googled it and I was like, how fast does a human run? And Google's like, the average human male can run 12 miles an hour. doing your speedy gonzalez and that's probably like an average 18 year old <laughs> right <laughs> uh you could you can still try to go you have like very they're very manly but they're very short legs uh, just uh it, it it was a hundred percent effort it's yeah, just there's right. not much you know in in physics you have a force applied like a along an arm perpendicular that's called a moment i, I just don't have much moment yeah. It doesn't matter how powerful I get. It's just my my shins are like 11 inches long. <laughs> <laughs> you such grainy, masculine hams, but they're short hams. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, Natalie, well, who invented the race? Well, you know, it's hard to say because people will probably have been doing it for longer than this, but there are early records of races on jars and stuff in ancient Greece and, and shit like that, right? So they were doing it back then. We knew that, though, because they invented the Olympics. And they had chariot races and stuff in ancient Rome that we know about. But yeah. like, obviously, they weren't the guys who invented races. That was Ben-Hur. Yeah. We, uh, there was definitely racing happening before Ben-Hur because they were so good at it by right, then. Right, right, It's just that, like, how much record-keeping of all the races was going on. Like, how much... Uh, how much tablet space could you dedicate right. to guys running around? Right, exactly. I think that is, I think that is a, a more pure form of sport is just doing it and just you have fun and you move on. <laughs> 
you don't have to tell everybody about it. Like, at some point, like, I want to know when sports became something that people talked about. Like, when did people start giving a shit? Like, I still don't give a shit, but, like, when did most people give a shit? Uh, we did an episode on sports a while ago. I don't know if we ever solved that problem. <laughs> no. So I don't know if we like, ever answered that question. At some point, say. we invented leisure. Yeah. Well, it had to be. it had to be part of leisure, yeah. Yeah, so you weren't running from a tiger, you were running for fun. So it's probably when, that's when they invented races, probably, when they're like, well, we could just run, instead of running until until we are trying to not die, like, what if we just ran, like, yeah. But I think running seems obviously like the first and premier form of racing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think animals race with each other? You know, you see them run around and kind of chase each other, but I don't know... I believe the idea of start and finish is abstract. And so I would believe that some animals would have the capacity to race each other and to like judge the race. But I think a lack of language might make it hard for them to express the concept and then judge a race and say who won, etc. Well, yeah, well, they, they, would, they would assert dominance and they'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy's a dominant guy now, I guess. So here's what I here's what just occurred to me though, is you 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 mentioned chasing and I I think that chasing was probably the precursor to racing chasing and racing, I think racing is no contact chasing. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. Well, I think chasing is you know there's there's somebody going for it and you got to go get them and then you take off and you try to get them, mm-hmm. and the racing is just sort of codifies all of the parameters of it and it's basically the same Mm -hmm. you just start at the same time contest yeah yeah whoever falls behind in the race is on a chase (laughs) think about it and they rhyme no coincidence right there are no coincidences no such thing (laughs) so running for a certain distance is the most basic form of racing but you can also climb a race swim a race, walk a race, or any other kind of human locomotion. Also, animal locomotion can also be a race. So you can race your dog against another dog, or you can race some horses around, or a skunk. I don't know. Find two of them, watch them go. Do you think you can have two dogs and you can actually have them race? Because I I know that dog racing is always they have the little mechanical rabbit. When they yeah, but they the... also have, they have like, um, have you ever watched like freestyle dog racing around? Like Freestyle dog racing? No. <laughs> no it's probably not, what is freestyle about I don't think it's called it. that. I don't think it's called that. But the thing where it's like they will have the dog obstacle course and it is like. Uh, oh, yeah, the agility. It like a, yeah, it's like a dog training thing. And then they the dogs will like go to see who is the fastest and does the best job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just one at a time, and then it's timed, Mm -hmm. rather than having them all try to do it at once. Now, if they all tried to do it at once... It'd be chaos. I want to see that. Right. I really like watching the dogs racing around. Not the dog races, but the dogs racing around to see who could be the best boy. It's always some sheepdog. Those guys are crazy. Yeah, when it comes down to the dog stuff, pretty much you have a dog that is bred to do that, and then that's the one that wins. (laughs) Yeah, it's never a pug. Well, why would it be? They were were bred supposedly to to keep people warm. (laughs) They were bred to keep your foot warm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They do it with style and ease. 
No, they don't. <laughs> Panache. <laughs> so, um, if you were going to be in a race, what kind of race would you be in? If I was going to be in a race, mm-hmm. you mean what? Do you mean would I pick the race for the most fun? Or would I pick the race for the to, glory. S- to see what I could win? For the glory. What would you? What race would you excel in the most? Which one would I excel? I'd probably try to do a bike race just because I ride I ride my bike and that seems like I'd have I'd have a chance. You'd have leg muscles for it. Yeah, I feel like if I was in a bike race against my friends, I would finish in the top third. Yeah. <laughs> Because I ride, I ride my stationary bike probably more than anybody. But I, you know, I will always recognize somebody that's good at doing something more than me. I'm sure that they're just some of my friends with longer legs and more powerful legs than me. <laughs> yeah, they have more, more of a, more of a action on their. I don't have any like uh, spandex, like hardcore toe clip biker friends. Yeah, I guess those aren't called bikers. They're called cyclists. <laughs> You know, maybe you could bike naked. Do you think that that would give you an advantage? Oh, no, I think that Oh, yeah, I I, think... that would be uncomfortable. They do something every year called the naked bike ride. I don't I don't like it. But you would have the advantage like you would come up from behind and they would someone would look in their rearview mirror and be like, "Oh god, that guy's dick's out." And they would slow down. They would lose concentration. <laughs> they would look in their rearview mirror on their car. <laughs> their bike my bike has a rear view mirror so you think that in this bike in this bike competition i will have like some kind of competition <laughs> like 12 speed and everybody else will have like a beach cruiser yeah <laughs> well if that's the case i might win <laughs> and you're gonna have your dick out i just <laughs> i i just just like just like in the olympics I feel totally I feel totally neutral about my body and like I said before I would be fine doing something like nude yoga where it's like everybody else there's consenting but just going outside with your hog out is just not it's just antisocial just because not everybody is consenting and even if you go and you do a naked bike ride there's going to be a lot of guys there who are doing it to be a a fucking dick out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah some people like that are dick out too much and so it's like it's like a whole thing i am sure i would do something neuter like get in the cold tank like the cryogenic tank yeah where they take you and they freeze you like uh joe rogan yeah uh-huh i don't care i mean i would i would get in there i'm not like i'll try anything who gives a shit yeah yeah why wouldn't you do that just for once see how cold it can get baby <laughs> You got to feel it. You got to feel some extremes so you can be like, yeah, well, this isn't like that time I fell off of something. Right. And you have to like do all kinds of different stuff because all the different stuff that happens to you, that's how you learn lessons, right? And that's how you like expand your mind is by learning new lessons. And so maybe the lesson you need to learn is found in a cryogenic tank. Maybe. You know, I'm not thinking so much as learning lessons because that implies that I'm making mistakes. (laughs) Because no. that's, that's the easiest way to learn a lesson. Well, you're saying learning a lesson. Well, it's like you can find insight about yourself. Like, wh- okay. I, what kind of stuff do you think about when you're that cold? 
That's a good question. What do you think you would think about if you're that cold? I would think about getting a hot bathtub. I would think about um, when it was going to be time to get out of the tank, probably. You think you would count down? Mm-hmm. I think I would. I think I would make it a point to stay the whole time, though. I'd be like, I'm, I paid $15 for this 10 minutes of freezing cold. <laughs> I'm going to get every minute of it because I guess it's good for me, allegedly. And see, that's the thing. I don't think it's good for you. <laughs> they say it's good for you, but sometimes they'll say stuff like put rocks in your water bottle and then drink the water. Well, I think that some things that are they're not going to hurt you and like who gives a shit? Like who gives a shit? Maybe it'll be cool. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll get something out of it. Maybe you'll just learn a lesson about like groupons. Who knows what <laughs> <laughs> I think that basically everything like out of, out of the spectrum of things you are likely to encounter, I believe that most things, most minor choices you make, like eating one thing or another, or going to cryogenic or taking a hot shower or a cold shower, I think the vast majority of those do not affect you at all because the human body seeks homeostasis. Mm-hmm. If you flood your body with some certain type of uh, of chemical, then your body will be like, whoa, I have so much chemical and it is flooding my receptors. I'm going to get rid of some of these receptors because clearly this chemical is here. I don't need to detect it quite as much right? Mm -hmm. Your body just keeps regulating whatever you're doing, regulating what you're doing, right? Right, right. And so I think if you get really cold, your body will be like, wow, it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) And then later your body's like, ooh, remember when it was cold? I don't think anything will happen to you. (laughs) Sometimes they'll say stuff like, don't eat so much soup. (laughs) Never. It's just my body is a pipe. A soup pipe. (laughs) It's going to come out. Right. An almond takes 20 20 gallons of water. Where do you think the water goes? (laughs) What kind of race would you do, Natalie? Um... Hmm. What am I the fastest at? Knitting. Knitting, probably. I think you'd be... I think you'd be a great speed knitter. Like I said, I time myself sometimes, like, when I'm doing some socks, because... My taste is very plain, and so I'm not really interested in doing, like, real intricate patterns and stuff because what I want is, like, the platonic ideal of a plain sock. And so when I make socks, it's really boring. And so I'll time myself. And I get I get some pretty good uh, pretty good times. I, t- I tend to fly a little bit. And I do that Portuguese-style knitting, which is, like, super-duper fast. Yeah. Yeah, did you see the lady in the Netherlands who set the knitting yeah. speed record? She right. was pretty fast. Yeah, she was. She was the fastest in the world, in fact. <laughs> I used to watch the lady who was the fastest crocheter in the world, too. She was bonkers. Crocheting is something I'm not particularly good at because I taught myself how to do it, but I taught myself how to do it in some way that I somehow invented myself. And so, like, no crochet patterns, like, show how to do stitches the way I crochet, well, the way I do it. And so it's, like, really, it's a little rough. Now, you can can relearn because you had to teach yourself to knit. Yeah. That separate way. I'm sure you could do it. It's just... I taught myself how to knit and crochet when I was having phone sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I learned those two skills. That's probably why you had it not. I was too distracted to learn how to do it right, but I can, I can make something crocheted, but I just do it like totally weird. Anyway, so I might train to be a fast knitter. Sure. Fly like a motherfucker. <laughs> so 
did you know that some people do climbing? They will speed climb. That is not the one I would do. I would be very bad at that one. I think I think that would be fun, but uh I think even if you were tied up on a harness, I think I think I'd just feel uncomfortable about falling off of a wall. I'm really freaked out about heights. That is like <laughs> I have been able to get over, like, a lot of, of hang-ups I have, like, fears I had. Like, I used to be bugged out about the weather and stuff. I've, I've been able to get over so much of that stuff, but one thing that I just cannot get over is my terror of heights. Whenever you do anything at height, there's a trust that goes into trusting somebody who's operating something or maintaining something, and I don't trust people. I, I can't, even if it is, like, the most solid structure if i can tell that i'm up in the air i cannot deal with it we went to that park downtown and it had that little lookout where it was like walk up the stairs and it was like two stories up yeah and then i had like a lookout to like see the downtown i had to go down it i had to go down the stairs on my butt because i was like ah! <laughs> well you can look because it look- was like grating like the stairs were grating and so you can see the ground the whole way down i was like i can't fucking deal with it i had to scoot down on my butt <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I worked in factories, they used to be three or five stories tall, and they would have that grading. You could see all the way down through it. So I think at some point I got used to that. Yeah, so that, do that. that it doesn't bother me. But those stairs on the lookout tower at the park, the stairs are on. Uh, they have a weird grade to them. They're like really shallow stairs, and so you have to look down when you're walking because they're not like the regular the regular grade of stairs you would expect yeah like regular steps are uh, uh, whatever height and length and so you walk down them in a normal pace and you don't have to watch mm-hmm. but the thing is with the trusting people like i won't go on those carny rides why would you do that why would you risk it all <laughs> i don't have any problem with like a lot of carny rides it's all it's all cognitive it's all cognitive it's just there's rust inside. They don't know. You get on, it flings you off, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a moot point now, anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't have very much problem with rides. Like, I will go on roller coasters and stuff. But there's climbing specifically is what is what bugs me out. Really? Uh-huh. I've, I've seen the things with the big uh, plastic, like, pegboard, and then they put all the little colored lumps I think that would be fun, and I think I would be strong enough to be able to climb, but I just don't really, I'm just not very coordinated. Right. And so I feel like I would definitely fall off the wall, and I think just knowing that I could fall off the wall and then eventually doing it and then trying to get on the wall afterwards, knowing what it was like to fall off of the wall, I just don't, I don't think it would be pleasant. Right, right. I can. I would not be able to do the little climb. I can't even go on a ladder. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I must have fallen off of something and died in past life. You think so? Maybe. That's my. That's my most pervasive thing. It bugs me out. Ugh. Thinking about, you know, what really bugs me out is thinking about climbing a ladder on like a water tower or something. Oh, like up the side, and then it's just a straight fall, mm-hmm. straight down. Mm-hmm. Ladders are the worst, in my opinion. I'd rather not go up, man. I'll stay down here. <laughs> you know, going up a ladder isn't bad, but going down a ladder. Yeah. And like getting off of a roof onto a ladder is horrible. It's horrifying just because 
there's nothing to hold and you have to aim mm-hmm. and you can't see where you're aiming. Mm-hmm. And if you also bump the ladder the wrong way, the ladder falls down. Right, right. Not great. So speed climbing, not... Not not speed climbing. I would be the loser in that race. I would be the one who did not make it up at all. <laughs> There's also swimming. We have discussed the swimming races before, though, because we're going to have our garbage brain swimming race. For those that are not aware, we've been working over a year. Two on years. A, on a battle royale. Yeah, right. Who's in the battle royale? Michael Phelps. Yeah. Michael Stipe. Yeah. A koala. A hippo. Was there a hippo in it? No, we just talked about hippos. No, because the hippos just walk. (laughs) (laughs) And they only swim five miles an hour. (laughs) It was a koala because they were surprisingly... A sloth. A sloth. Because the sloths can swim, right? And they're like kind of fast. Right. Was there one more? Anyway, somebody... Was there a bird in there? I'm sure somebody... (laughs) Someone's keeping the spreadsheet. Sound off in the Discord. Who else is in the amazing swimming race? <laughs> Garbage Brain University swim race. Who is the manager of the spreadsheet for the swim race? <laughs> Sound off in the Discord. We need updated lists. <laughs> oh, remember it next time. But I do remember it was Michael Stipe versus Michael Phelps. <laughs> that is a battle for the ages. I wanna, I wanna see that now. <laughs> And a koala. Swimming, uh, swimming seems uh, like a pretty solid race format. But the one thing that always seemed uh, tenuous about the race is that you you have to do the swimming itself. You have to stroke it in a certain way. Right. It's they're very picky about how you do it. I feel like as long as I get from one side of the pool to the other faster than the other guys, it shouldn't matter how how I do it. I think there's literally a race called freestyle. But you can't, like, doggy paddle across though, doing freestyle, can you? <laughs> now, I don't know, but I know that when they started when they started having informal swimming races in England, which is where swimming really picked up as a hobby first, like, in the industrialized world, yeah. that when everybody did it, they doggy paddled. Yeah. They did the front crawl. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's my style of... Uh, swimming man because i'm just here to like paddle around and do some somersaults man (laughs) i guess i'm not a swimming racer either (laughs) do some handstands i would (laughs) i like to swim and i like i like to swim laps because it is so exhausting you really feel like you did something right after you've done it but i think if i was in a swimming race i think i could do all right but man It'd be like watching a dog try to eat with chopsticks. It's not pretty. <laughs> I can make it across, but I would not. I would not make it into the Olympics. They'd be cheeping at me on the whistle. Right. They deject me for my bad stroke. <laughs> oh, baby, your stroke sucks. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> uh, so, did you know that when swimmers? go to be in a swimming race they will shave off all of their body hair and stuff i've heard that does that work a little bit (laughs) i had a friend who did swim races and she would also when she was training for the swim races she would wear two bathing suits and then the whole season she would like not shave any of her body hair off and she would wear two swimsuits and so she would get all kinds of drag from the second big swimsuit and then <laughs> the day of the competition she would wear a two small bathing suit and shave all of her hair off. She's fucking nuts. 
Like, did it really make that much difference? Like, maybe dragging the resistance bathing suit behind you that maybe helped you. <laughs> I can see that maybe, like, making you a little faster, right? Because you have yeah. to, it's like, wait, right? But I'm not sure if it make a, make a difference or not. <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate the ritual of it, though. Did she win any awards? No, I don't think so. Well, it didn't work then. <laughs> I think everyone did it, though. And so, like, any kind of advantage was, like... <laughs> So it's like an arms race where everybody has to do it because that is. Well, you lost because your hair, you dumb shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You should think about it. Think about how slippery Michael Phelps is. Do you think he greases himself? They probably don't let you grease yourself up. No, probably. That's probably illegal, like getting your baseball greasy. Pool lube. It fucks the it fucks the pH up. You gotta put more chlorine in. Get a nice sheen on the top. <laughs> then you climb out and you just slip and break your head open. <laughs> That's why you're not like greasing up to go into the swimming pool. <laughs> Unless you're a watermelon at the pool party. <laughs> you know what the stupidest looking race is? Is the race walking? We were watching the race walking video the other day. Yeah, our research team sent us a race walking video. Yeah. And uh, boy, it looks very much like jogging. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when you see like a bunch of geese. (laughs) Yes. And there's like a dog (laughs) herding the geese around. That's what it looks like to me when people are doing the race walking. It's like you're, you're turning yourself into a mass of like very silly motion. It's like very weird. Oh, absolutely. And the video, the video we saw may have been the most dramatic race walk because they were all, so first of all, they have this strange gait. They have to rock their pelvis from side to side because uh, there's all these rules, like you have to have your feet in contact with the ground all the time. Mm -hmm. And you have to snap your legs so your leg is straight when you take your stride. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you run, your legs are bent and you you leave the ground. You can't do any of that in race walking. But uh, we saw there was this whole pack of people and then they went by the drink tent. Because <laughs> they have the drink tent set out uh-huh. on the side of the race walking like a pit stop. And people ran into each other and this one guy's shoe came off. Some guy stepped on the back of his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> That is like the most infuriating thing to me, like on the on the nice nicest day when I'm not race walking. <laughs> That's when I was screaming cuss words in Canada is when someone did that to the back of my shoe. <laughs> I was like, God damn it My fucking ah! And now yeah, all of Canada stopped and turned right. around. <gasps> I was like, motherfucker <laughs> Oh, I don't you can't even God, you are so lucky that there were there were no Canadian bacons around or you would have <laughs> they would have thrown you in the old detention center right, or something. Right. But yeah, somebody stepped on the guy's damn shoe and he had a fresh bottle of water and he got up and he was so pissed he spiked the bottle of water on the He's ground. Like, God damn it. And he pulled up his shoe <laughs> and then he like turbo race walked to try to get back to the pack. Yeah, right. He's like, I'll take the, I'll take the fuck. He jogged. I'll say it. He he popped a little jog. You think he was in there I, for he, a I second? Think he, I think I'm gonna take the penalty so I can get back with the pack, man. I think yeah. that's what he thought. A strategic play, though. Strategic play. You got to do what you got to do. Somebody steps on your shoe, man. I would not want to be in the Olympic Village after he found the motherfucker that stepped on his shoe. Right. Right. It was, it was probably a conspiracy. It was some. It was some guy who's like, I know I'm not gonna win, but like maybe I'll get some kickbacks from the. 
race walking prize if I step on this guy's shoe for the British Take- for the British guy who was like six feet ahead of everybody the yeah. whole time. <laughs> Take him out, throw the game. The funniest thing about that race walking is all of them were like six feet tall and 110 pounds. Yeah. It is not. It's lean, mean walking machines, baby. It is not something where you are carrying a lot of muscle. No, no. I imagine that fucks your shit up. Don't you think that would probably hurt, like, fuck your hips up? You'd think it would. You'd think it would. Everybody out there looking like the fucking machinist. <laughs> Man, we watched The Machinist the other day, and I've had, like, multiple fucked up dreams, <laughs> like, related to The Machinist since then. <laughs> I never need to watch that again. <laughs> the last Machinist dream I had, there was some chick in my dream, and she got her hand stuck in some machine, and then cut her hand up to pieces, and I was like, ah, like, freaking out, and then someone was like, don't worry, it was her fake hand. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you want to know the rules of race walking? Okay, yeah. Um, okay, two rules. The athlete's back toe cannot leave the ground until the heel of the front foot has touched the ground. Okay. Violation of his rule is known as loss of contact, right? And then the second rule says that your supporting leg must straighten from the point of contact with the ground and remain straightened until the body passes directly over it. Okay, yeah. So it, but it visibly looks kind of like they're snapping their legs or something. Right. That's why like, they look like geese. Yeah, they look like little yeah. geese. Yeah. And so you have to stay low and then they pump their arms and they do that like by their hips. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they, the reason they do that is because if their shoulders start elevating, it makes it look like they're losing contact with the ground. Okay. And so they're making sure that they stay low so they do not have anyone be like, hey, that guy's hopping too much. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a world-class race walker, mm-hmm. you go six and a half minutes per mile. That's incredibly fast. How, how fast do you do a mile if you're going quick? Like 15 minutes. Is that for your regular stride? Yeah. What if you're trying to hustle? Well, if I was trying to hustle, I would start jogging at four miles per hour. <laughs> which is also 15 minutes per mile. <laughs> oh, my little guy. <laughs> um, you know that you can race a camel? Not you personally, but two camels it, it together. It makes sense. It makes sense. I would want to get a Noah camel first. Yeah. Yeah, but they've been doing that for centuries. And they've been doing it in the Middle East where most people have camels makes sense um okay it is popular in western asia north africa horn of africa pakistan mongolia and australia okay and people bet on camels so do they do they go around like horses yeah and it says they can go up to 40 miles per hour can we find a video of a camel race so i can see what they look like when they are racing i just want to see them run look at him they're just fucking spitting all over the place Run, bitch. Okay. God, they are foaming at the mouth. That's disgusting. Yeah, camels. Look at them run. Camels salivate a lot. They're pounding the ground. They're mm-hmm. really getting it. Mm-hmm. Those guys are driving fast trying to catch them, too. It says they go 40 miles. Look at that fucker. They look so weird. They kind of look like their their faces remind me of mooses. Yeah, yeah. And so seeing them running is very strange. There's no guys riding the camel either. Okay, so apparently camel races originally had children riding the camels. Yeah. 
but they said it was like a human rights violation, and so I guess they were like treating the kids bad. Yeah. And so now they do not. Well, they good. have remote-controlled robotic camel whips, and then I guess they chase, <laughs> they chase them around in Land Rovers. <laughs> So they have a robot strapped to the camel that whips the camel. Right. And then they chase it in their in their SUV. <sighs> still so, still not quite as not quite as humane as you would want, I think, but So the most popular and crazy event in the world everyone knows and loves is the dramatic pigeon race. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is that loves true? It. Have you seen a pigeon race? No. Uh-uh. No. I've never I feel like I hardly ever see pigeons anyway. Yeah, so people who do pigeon racing will have homing pigeons, right? Uh-huh. And then they will measure how, lo- how long it takes them to do a specific distance. And then that is the race, man, right? And so whoever animal got back with the highest speed is the winning pigeon. Okay, sure. Oh, so the so the pigeon race, they all have to take the pigeons out somewhere and release them, mm-hmm. and then they all have different homes, so they have to, like, time it and measure it. I guess, yeah. So they have, okay, so it says that they have special pigeons called racing homers. Like a breed of pigeon? Uh-huh. And they are specially trained and conditioned for the specific kind of race that is pigeon racing, right? And a pigeon race is usually between 62 and 620 miles. Okay. That's incredibly long. Yeah, but the the birds are so fast and they're so maxed out that the races are insanely tight. Even when they have, like, an extremely long race, it will be seconds between the winner and the guy who did not. Yeah. So they have all kinds of crazy, like, technology to measure how fast a bird is. Because, well, I mean... It- it's not like a, a horse race where they just have a single finish line. They're mm-hmm. all going to different places. Right. So I'd imagine that especially older pigeon races right. would have to have some kind of fancy gadget yeah. to make sure that everything is, is you know, being measured evenly. So they say that people have been racing pigeons since at least 220 A.D. Can you imagine trying to teach a bird how to do that back then? And like I, I always say, the guy in 220 A.D., he wasn't the first one to do it. Yeah. They just weren't as organized before that. How do you teach a bird to do that? How can you figure out a bird could even do that? How can you tell the pigeons apart to notice that the one came back? There's so many questions, Andy. So many questions about well, it. Well, they put the little, uh, they put little IDs on their legs. I know mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. I, uh, I've seen something about. Uh, there was an idea where they measured pigeon bandwidth against internet bandwidth. And what they did is they strapped a memory cartridge to a pigeon. Uh-huh. And they flew the pigeon and then they plugged in the memory cartridge and they got 10 gigs or whatever off it. And they said, well, the pigeon is faster than the internet. <laughs> so that was the first pigeon versus internet race. And the pigeon won. Right, right. Which is good news for pigeons. <laughs> so how much do you think the most expensive pigeon was that was a racing pigeon? A thousand dollars. No. Ten thousand dollars. No. One point nine million dollars. If you pay that like much for recently? a pigeon, yeah. If you pay that much for a pigeon, wouldn't you like not want to let it out? <laughs> what if he just doesn't come back? What if a dog gets him? That's a problem. Uh-huh. Well, you'd think an eagle could get a pigeon. Yeah. Especially if you're an eagle, you're like, that pigeon looks like he knows where he's going. How how long does a pigeon live? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> 
Let's find out. Nine to fifteen years. That's not bad. If you assume for one point nine million dollars, though, it's a depreciating asset. Aren't we all? <laughs> if you're if if that pigeon is making money the whole time, maybe maybe they came out ahead on the pigeon. I hope so. There's My no way. There's no way to tell. Can't you just bet on the pigeon without buying it? If he's such a great pigeon. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how the world of pigeon betting works. You know, if uh, things ever change in the world, maybe we'll go to an aviary, a betting aviary. <laughs> we'll go pigeon gambling. <laughs> it just, the more I think about it, there's no way that that's like a, above board, right? Like it is barely legal to race horses. Right. Pigeon racing. There's no. There's no way that that is being done at a dedicated facility with like uh, computerized betting stations right. and stuff. Who do you think would win in a race between a donkey and an old horse, a regular donkey? I don't. I honestly don't know anything about donkeys. <laughs> did we do an episode about donkeys? I don't know. Stop in the Discord. Did we do an episode about donkeys? I don't think so. I think we did one. I think we did one about equine animals. We- I think that. I think we talked about zonkeys, <laughs> zebra donkeys. <laughs> I think we were talking. Were we talking about zebras? Though? Who knows? Nobody knows. Nothing is real. I feel like I learned something about donkeys. Then I feel like I thought a donkey was just a messed up horse. Well, there's donkeys and asses and mules. Yeah. No. No. I'm never going to encounter any of those. Yeah. So. We don't need to relitigate the donkey relationships. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you train a pigeon, though? That's what I want to know. And here I have the answers from our garbage brain research center. Okay, you get a four week old pigeon. And you start training them, right? Uh, They take the baby birds out and they put them in a loft. And they spend a few days learning how to locate the water and eating and all kind of stuff, right? And so they have to get, like, accustomed to their spot where all their food and stuff is, right? Yeah. And then they are let out to wander around and come back. I guess is the name of the game. And so they just... Let him fly further and further, it right, sounds like. Right, And I guess maybe eventually they probably would take him out somewhere and let him go and have him find their way back. Oh, yeah, yeah. You start down the street and the pigeon's like, well, I live over there, of course. Right, right. I see, yeah. You know what the one kind of racing I have seen the most is? What is that, speed skating? The pigs at the fair. Oh, pig racing at the fair where they put them in the little, mm-hmm. in the little uh, metal corral. Yeah. And they make them jump into the water. Yeah, that's pretty cute. I feel like they're having a good time. They like it. They're just going crazy. And, you and know, everyone loves it, too. It's just always a packed house. There's no robot whipping the pigs, either. The pigs are having fun. Right. They're just being pigs and hanging out, man. So pig racing is baby pigs. Not juvenile pigs. Young pigs, teen, right? Teen pig. Yeah, and so they'll have a little enclosed area with dirt and grass and gravel, track or whatever, right? And they will race around just for the fun of it because everyone loves to see it. Or they'll do it for charity or if you need some family-friendly entertainment. Because everyone loves to watch the pigs run around. I love to. That's true. I'm a complicated person. I still like to watch the pigs run. (laughs) (laughs) No one's too good to watch the pigs run. That's true. That's true. (laughs) 
It's a sight to see if you've never seen if you've never seen a pig race. Right. So you get a bunch of pigs, you put them in a little vest, so you can tell the pigs apart. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're all young little guys, little pink fellas, and all the vests are different colors, and they got numbers on them, and they have names. I'm sure. Right. Sometimes they'll put little puppet jockeys on them, so it looks like someone's riding a pig. <laughs> Pig races are most popular in the southern United States, but as I just said, we like them in Ohio also. (laughs) But there is a production company called Swifty Swine Productions that has pig racing events at the Franklin County Fairgrounds, I suppose. That's Uh us. That's Uh Ohio, baby. And the pig race is held at the Porkchop International Speedway Track Course. And so one track is baby pigs, and then the other one is big pigs. Yeah, I can't mix them. And so they all have names, and they all have great pig names, such as Brad Pig. (laughs) Kevin Bacon, Justin Bieber, <laughs> and Elvis Pigsley. <laughs> and then they just open the gate and they fucking go for it, right? Yeah. And you know what they get? If they win, they get some Oreos. Really? Yeah. That's Literally prize. Oreos? Oreos on a silver plate. That is fantastic. That's why they're so excited about it. That's fantastic. Everybody wins. Uh-huh. And then after they after they go on a race, they go back to their little area and they take a nap and then it's time to take another race. Oh, that's the life. And sometimes they get pictures taken with the public. Like, Every- look at me. I'm Brad Pig. <laughs> Everybody has fun. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Um, and they also have the Pig Olympics, which contains pig racing. And I imagine other pig events such as pig weightlifting (laughs) pig luge (laughs) pig ice skating i would i would swear this is a fucking psyop because i never heard of this shit until this year but they do a they do a two-man luge where one of the guys just has to straight up lay on top of the other guy yeah I did not. It's not called skeleton luge. Well, I think skeleton is where you flip over and you go head first. Oh, no. But I swear they did it new this year. I swear that in my life I would have noticed it before if there was something where two men were were laying down on top of each other on a tiny little sled. <laughs> How do you decide on that being your sport? I don't know. It's not like football. It's not like you get a scholarship. There's not a, yeah, there's not a luge program in your high school. Like like uh, what? midget luge for like little kids. Maybe if you go to like a top tier private boarding school, they have luge club or something. <laughs> so before we go, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Our guys at the research center <laughs> compiled a list of weirdest races for us. And I'm going to read them to you. Are you ready? Absolutely. In India, they have a car rally where all the people driving the cars are blind. <laughs> yeah. Blind man work? car rally. I mean, obviously they've been doing it. They have to... Oh, they're not, they're not driving, first off. <laughs> so that makes it a lot easier. But what it is, is there's a driver and the blind guy has to navigate by reading a book in Braille. Okay. Okay, so it's like a standard rally where you have a driver and a navigator. Yeah, right. But the guy telling you where to go cannot see. Yeah, right. Interesting twist. Uh-huh. Um, in West Sussex, they have lawnmower racing, which is what this sounds like. They also have lawnmower racing in North Carolina, Missouri, New Mexico. 
my favorite one off the list was the Ford and Pig Racing, where you have to start up a Model T Ford from the early 1900s with a hand crank, and then you pick up a 20-pound pig from a bin and put it in the car with you and then do a lap in the car and then let the pig out and then get another pig and do it again. And the first person <laughs> who does three laps around the track with three different pigs who yeah. do not escape the car is the winner. So they have to hold on to the pig while they're driving, uh-huh. and the pig's trying to get out. Uh-huh. That's pretty funny. Right. I like that. <laughs> right. The, I want to know who is the best at the Ford and Pig race. I want to know what the pigs get when they're done. I bet they also get Oreos. Right, probably. I mean... Pigs are easy to please. If I sure. owned a if I owned a pig, I would give him a cookie every day. <laughs> um, in Raleigh, North Carolina, they have a Krispy Kreme challenge. They have to run two and a half miles through downtown, then eat a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts and run back without barfing. I do not think I could do any part of that. <laughs> I don't think I would be able to eat more than like three donuts without barfing. <laughs> Those donuts are pure sugar i don't know how you could eat that and then run afterwards right right um there is a human versus horse marathon in wales where they will run for 22 miles and see who wins and 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 it's humans and horses or humans versus horses they are both running separately are they evenly matched Um, how does it work i mean the horses win right well, in 2004 and 2007, a human guy won. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, if, if you could win, then good for you. God damn. <laughs> so what did you learn today in this special episode where we discuss race? <laughs> you know, I guess just get there first. Right. That's the life lesson. I think I could win a race where it's not about getting there first. It's about getting there with the most style. It's about getting there best. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. that's not a race. No. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Do you know who does get there first and get their best? Uh, Corey Grell. She also gets there most well prepared with excellent coverage from insurance. <laughs> That's right. Sometimes they say life is not a race, and she'd say, well, check out these actuarial charts that tell you when you'll most likely die. <laughs> and then I will bet against it. I'll b- I'm, let's, bet on it. <laughs> let's work together to bet against it. Yeah. Because if you die, she has to pay. Right. So right. you guys are, you, you're on the same team. You both want to keep living. Right, right. And that's really the best setup. You never want to work with an insurance agent who's like, I don't know, maybe you'll die. Maybe that'd be good for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They you don't never, want to pay out. So you yeah. they're like, don't die. Exactly. It should be called death insurance, but there's a whole psychology that goes into that. Do you know where would be a perfect place to have a homing pigeon race, a foot race, a pig even, race? Even a pig race, Natalie. Uh, where? Uh, Harlem Township. I just want to go to the pig races. There's so much open land. I feel like we could have it out there on a nice June day. As many pigs as you want, as far as the eye could see. Fresh, open air. 18 to 20 pigs. Perfect range of pigs. But they're all 
little babies and they're all fresh and clean. Not like that fattest pig we saw at the state fair who was a gross slob. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> perfect little, little... Angel uh, pigs. Skittering piglets. Yeah. Just beautiful winkers. They're like all pink and the sun is shining through their ears and shit. Gorgeous. There's no way it would be better anywhere other than Harlem Township. Right. The best of 18 townships in Delaware County, east of Columbus, near Westerville, in central Ohio. East near Westerville. Don't think about it too much. And I think this topic was suggested by somebody on our Discord. Ain't nothing. Thank you, ain't nothing. If you've got your own topic suggestion, head to our Discord. If you're not on the Discord, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity is how you join. You also hear a shitload of episodes that are only for patrons who pay to hear them. Right. Now, think about it. So join up. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. I love you. Goodbye.